Okay, so I am going to apologize in advance for any rambling or stuttering or, you know, um, like that kind of stuff. I want to share my 9-11 story for those out there right now who are feeling completely useless in terms of being able to help as many people as they know need help right now. It is humanly impossible to help everybody and everyone. Uh, that was kind of stupid um, because everybody is everyone. Uh, <laughs> I told you this is like going to be off the cuff. It's not possible to help everyone. What you end up doing is you end up ending up where you're needed. And my own 9-11 story kind of bears that out because I was at the time two blocks away from the trade center when the planes hit. And initially the first day was kind of a blur. I can to this day, I cannot tell you what I was wearing that day. However, the focus of that day was on getting to safety, getting home. It was not for me. I, my mind that day when the planes hit, when the second plane hit and we realized it was not an accident, my mind automatically kicked into New York commuter mode. And my thought was, I need to get my ass on a subway train and get as far from here as possible so I can get home before the subway shut down. And I actually managed to make it as far as Woodside and when I got to Woodside, they made the announcement that all subway service in all directions on all lines was suspended. There was a bus. However, the line for the bus to go from Woodside to anywhere near Main Street Flushing for me to catch another bus was extremely long. So I decided that I would try calling my local car service company and that I no longer do business with, but that's another story. Anyhow, when I got the dispatcher on the phone and told him where I was, he said that the police department was not allowing anyone to go near or pick up or drop off passengers near any subway station. And I said, that's okay. I'm standing right in front of the Tower View restaurant. The guy doesn't, the driver doesn't even need to stop. If he slows down as he's passing the Tower View restaurant, I will open the door and I will jump in the car. Now, at the time, I weighed about 310 pounds. I have no idea what possessed me to say that because the thought of me at that weight trying to jump into a moving car is kind of out there, but it got me a cab. So it worked. Um, and he didn't have to, he didn't, I didn't have to jump into a moving car. 
um, which is a good thing for everybody concerned. So the first day we were bombarded bombarded, bombarded with news. We had no idea what was going on. There was misinformation all over the place. News stories were being reported and without thorough fact-checking and the rumor mill was crazy and all sorts of craziness. News constantly, like 24-7 news. This is why to this day, if something traumatic happens in the world, the one of the first things I do is I can't watch the news. I just like find something else to do. Switch to anything but the news because it it gets overwhelming, especially now. Now we have all of this online news that we didn't have as much, not even close, back in the day. Um, but even TV and radio news, it was just overwhelming and you kept seeing the same things over and over and over again not like it's helping anything so news flash it's snowing you know um well not on 9-11 but it, it's like it, it's like in a snow anytime there's a snowstorm oh this just in it's still snowing but i digress um so that first day was kind of surreal. Um, and I think that's putting it lightly. But I got home, or actually I got to my mom's house first, spent some time there. We watched the news, which is kind of a mistake, um, which is where I actually saw footage of the second tower collapsing. And then once that sort of kicked in, then... A lot of people got the urge that they wanted to do something. Unfortunately, there were so many people that wanted to do something that there weren't enough organizations or opportunities for people to do something. Um, I remember that... Um, the Red Cross had stopped, was overwhelmed with volunteers. Red Cross Salvation Army overwhelmed with volunteers and they were turning people away, myself included, because they had too many volunteers. They didn't know what to do with them. And then they, um, funny story, I had gone to the supermarket for something and in the parking lot there was a blood mobile so I'm like oh great I can donate blood right wrong they didn't need blood they had I mean it's not funny um that they didn't need blood but I couldn't even give blood in a time of an emergency after seeing you know these people online waiting to donate blood and here it is blood mobile like right in my backyard and they don't want blood they didn't need it uh they had too much so you know when you can't even give your own blood <laughs> you, you do I, there was like the feeling like i want to do something but there's nothing i can do um 
which was extremely frustrating. And and then when the volunteer organizations, the mainstream volunteer organizations did start taking people's names or, or wanting volunteers, a they wanted people to commit to eight hour shifts, which if you have to work nine to five, the shifts that they had scheduled, actually, if they had scheduled them slightly differently, it might have been possible. But when you have to be leave your house for work at 7.30 in the morning, and you're not getting home, and you're not finishing work until like 5, 5.30, and what they want is they want you to work a shift that's from, let's say, 7 to 3 or 3 to 11, or 11 to 7 a.m., it's just not not, not possible. Um, and instead of taking people for half a shift, you know, or, you know, hey, you, I can do five hours on Saturday afternoons or, or, or whatever, you had to commit. And, and I think that kind of... Um, was not only frustrating, but I think in the end that may have sort of backfired when they really needed volunteers later on. They didn't have people's names and and numbers and email addresses to contact, you know, Hey, we need people, you know, come show up. So then a whole bunch of grassroots volunteering started and I had been I had signed up with New York Cares and I saw this opportunity come and hold up signs of encouragement for ground zero rescue workers and and volunteers and we'll be standing in the middle of the West Side Highway at Christopher Street and I was like okay I'm a little uncomfortable with standing in the middle of a highway, but I could try this. Right? Thinking it was okay, holding up a sign, having people like look at me, holding up a sign, kind of probably looking kind of like weird. But I did it. And that was how my volunteer opportunity found me. It was perfect. I was able to do something. It took, you know, a couple of weeks after 9-11 to actually, like, find this volunteer opportunity. But it turned out to be the best volunteer opportunity for me. And I am still thankful for it years later. We still get together every anniversary at Christopher Street in the West Side Highway. We hold up our signs. We, you know, and it's just incredible. So for those of you who are struggling with feelings of uselessness right now, it's kind of normal and it will pass. You will find your niche in the volunteer world. You, you will find something that you can do that you, you know, that you fit and, and, and you'll, you'll find it. 
if you're meant to, you know, you, you will either run a fundraiser to help local businesses get back on their feet or share information, podcast, be, you know, an inspiration of, I don't want to say it, an inspiration or a resource for your friends and family who may be feeling horrible, who may be affected, you know, some, you may be the voice of sanity. I mean, if I'm the voice of sanity, we're all screwed. Um, but this may be, you'll find it. It will find you. And once you do, you'll know. And not every volunteer opportunity will be right for you, but you'll find it. You'll want to do something and and it will happen. Um, you'll get creative. You'll find, you know, ways to pass along information. You'll find ways to help your local businesses. You'll, you will find ways to help people. And it's, it's very frustrating when you feel when you feel you want to help people and there you have no way of doing it. I've been there. I know this and I do know that it passes and eventually you know within you know a week or two weeks you you'll be doing like uh coronavirus education or passing out gloves or passing out hand sanitizer or toilet paper, who knows, you know, maybe you have extra toilet paper. Maybe you could share a roll with a neighbor. I mean, Hey, it's, it's not exciting, but it's, you know, it could work. Hey, I just bought 50 rolls of toilet paper in Costco. I need a new apartment. Do you have one? No, uh, I do not have 50 rolls of toilet paper, but these are the, the little things. Hey, I have an extra, you know, roll of toilet paper or roll of paper towels or, Hey, I bought three of these and I only need two. Do you need, you know, I, right now I'm the toothpaste fairy. Um, if anybody out there needs toothpaste, don't, don't really. Um, (laughs) but this is, this is one of the things like I asked my friends, hey, you know, I stocked up on toothpaste when it went on sale and I got buy two, get one free with a coupon and, and, and that kind of stuff. Hey, here's another idea. If you know somebody who's struggling financially, clip coupons, send them your, you'll give them your coupons so that they can save money and make the most of the, their coupon dollars. If, if you know how to coupon, teach other people how to coupon. Um you know, teach them about how wait till something goes on sale and then use the coupon. That way you not only get the sale price, but then you get money off for the coupon, which is how I ended up with 20 tubes of toothpaste. Uh, If there's a zombie apocalypse, I won't have any cavities. At least... I share, I do share. So I, I'm not hoarding toothpaste for myself because I think that would be a little bit excessive. However, if you have extra toiletries, if you have, you know, if you get free samples of stuff and you know somebody else could use your free samples because there's they don't have make up a little gift bag and just like leave it on your neighbor's door or your friend's door or whatever, whatever. Um, that's how you get creative. 
that's how you find your call. When, when um, Hurricane Katrina happened, there was a group of us who were on the Sweet Potato Queens Messes Board of Love back in the day. And we organized the Pink Cross Brigade. Um, because colors were hot pink and, and, and green. And so we had people who lived in the impacted states and areas, and they knew people who were volunteering with or organizing shelters and other, you know, other projects for people who had been impacted by Katrina. So what we did as a group, we ordered stuff from Amazon and had it shipped directly to the shelter or the emergency distribution place, or if there was a church that was collecting, we got it to the people on the ground. We bypassed organized charities that so that the stuff wouldn't get tied up in red tape. And we found the people who are on the ground distributing this, distributing that, you know, giving people clothes, giving people baby wipes. You know, we would order from Amazon and just have the thing shipped directly to the church, the shelter, the, the whatever organization was organizing a drive. We got it there. So that's another thing that you can do. Order stuff and have it shipped to somebody who needs it. Um... What else? I'm trying to figure out. Um, with Sandy, there was a lot of cleanup to do in the in the months after Superstorm Sandy in New York and New Jersey, and a lot of people volunteered to come and help clean. Uh, help, you know. I mean, I loaded. One of my favorite memories of that was on Staten Island when I helped load a garbage truck. I was I was I was working with the Department of Sanitation of the City of New York, one of the best groups out there, and we had volunteers and there is nothing like hauling a sofa and ha and, and lifting it into a garbage truck. It is an experience, unlike uh, unfortunate experience, but it was necessary because these dumpsters were getting full, and in order for the dumpsters to be able for the residents to be use them to get rid of stuff that was severely damaged by the the the, the water and, and flooding and everything, they had to load up sanitation trucks. And when the sanitation trucks came through, the more people loading stuff into the sanitation truck to be taken away, the more stuff got emptied and the more people were able to then clean, you know, and, and, and remove stuff that had been so heavily damaged and so that they could start cleaning up and rebuilding. So we won't have that this time around, but we might have other projects you'd never think you'd work on. 
Um, but did I ever see myself loading stuff onto a sanitation truck? Nope. But I did it, and it was kind of fun. I mean, it 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 it, it is it's it's sad and fun and. It's all kind of weird at the same time because the reason for it is sad. People are losing their items, their their possessions and everything. But being able to dispose of the items that are unhealthy and getting toxic and moldy and all that other stuff was in some ways cathartic. Um, it's kind of hard to explain. But it was necessary in order for them to be able to rebuild. Stuff had to go. And it was sad. There were sad moments. But being able to load a garbage truck full of stuff from a dumpster so that more cleanup work could continue was positive. It's a weird sort of positive, but it was positive. Um, and I may still have my face mask from those days. I, I think it's an N95 if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, um, finding it in my, in my closet or my moving boxes of stuff might be difficult, but I think I might still have, uh, a particle respirator from mm, a long time ago. So I am just rambling here. This is, I hope I haven't bored you to death, but rest assured, volunteer opportunities will, will appear. You will be able to help in small ways. And that's, that's the key. I mean, just look for the small opportunities. If you know somebody who needs a bottle of shampoo, give them a bottle of shampoo. If you know somebody, you know, who's homebound, offer to pick them up a meal. This, this is a little stuff that makes a big difference in, in the end. And if you have this stuff swirling around in your brain, I encourage you to find other like-minded people to talk with, to share experiences with. If you don't have any, I mean, not physically, not within a unsafe social distance. No, but on, on, on the internet in Facebook groups or on the phone, have a zoom meeting or something, you know, brainstorm ways that you can come together without physically being together and share ideas and, that's how things happen. And this is all weird. And none of us know what we're doing right now. We're making it up as we go along, but we can do it. And, and, you know, this too shall pass, maybe not as quickly as we like, but it's up to all of us to hang in there, do what we can for whoever we can. And, and not stress out about not being able to save the world because all of us, uh, uh, one person cannot save the world. You work on your corner of the world and what you can do. And that's all anybody can expect from you. So stay safe, stay healthy, keep a safe social distance from everybody. Do get some fresh air if you're able to. 
it does help. Go for a walk. Make sure that you're not like, you know, maintain a safe social distance. And if you see somebody on the same side of the street as you are, it'll be perfectly okay if you cross the street. Um, and if they take it the wrong way, oh, well, too bad. Uh, <laughs> so on that note, I will end this in, uh, I guess it's a coronavirus episode of As the Rose Wilts. And, you know, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. You know, stay in connection. You know, keep connected to your loved ones. You know, be with your family. And maybe this is a wake-up call for a lot of us. But don't sneeze, breathe, or cough on anybody. Don't let anybody do that to you. And wash your hands. Wash your hands. Every time you touch different things, wash your hands. Don't, don't take any chances. Wash those hands. 20 seconds. I almost said 20 minutes, which in that, which would be excessively long. So this may be the longest episode, but hopefully it will be somewhat helpful. Thank you for listening. And if you're still here, I think you deserve a medal. Good night. Well, it's good night or good morning, wherever you are. <laughs>